0: Thank uh-huh. you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. It's your boy Scott here, back in the house once again with another fantastic episode. Um, today we're speaking with Lindsay Sharman from the Rogue Ways podcast, uh, rogueways.org, and this is a fantastic episode. We go all over the place. We talk about, um, you know, she's got a new book out called The Key of Transformational Healing. Um, I'm, I'm going to go order it right now, actually, so I highly recommend that you guys all go check it out. Um, she's really inspiring because, you know, she's, she's plugged in. And can speak on things of a spiritual nature that I feel like, you know, are just kind of out of reach for me. So I I, I look to her to kind of like grab little glimpses of that stuff like her, her show rogue is just fantastic she speaks to amazing guests with a wide range of topics but it's always that spiritual component that fascinates me you know what i mean um you know we kind of talk about how you know it's definitely one of my goals to get more tuned in to a actual spiritual practice i think we could all benefit from something like that in our lives uh, but but she she's uh she's so active in all these different areas er- like she, she has a show uh, she does a blog she writes books so it's just like okay if i could channel some of her energy, you know, i i'd be probably uh on the right path. So, anyway, so I, that's that's kind of the direction i want to take my life, man. Like you guys that are on this ride with me, you know, we're doing big things. We're, we're 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 uh we're we're moving forward with the momentum of the world. The world has its own momentum right now and it's just insane. Time is just flying by just at a ridiculous pace and uh, you know, we're all just on this ride together and we're just uh, innovating and i hope each one of you individually are kind of learning and growing and doing big things in each one of your lives. And, you know, so together we're growing, we're growing. And I um, just appreciate you guys being here today. So it's a fantastic episode and I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. Um, if you guys get any value out of this show, um, you can support it. You know, I, I find value in supporting things that I get value out of. You know, there's so many shows that I support financially. So if you guys are in a position to do that, you know, you should support the show. Um, So the way you do that is head over to rebunked.news and uh, you'll see all the links at the bottom for various different value for value donations. Um, We do have a subscribe star. So I've been doing like bonus episodes on the subscribe star. We get into all kinds of crazy stuff this last week. uh, Let's see. Talked about uh, just a mask insanity experience that I had at the top of this mountain at the top of a mountain. I ran into just like like these insane masked people. So go go let's go to subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked to catch that episode. Uh what else did we talk about on that episode? Uh, you know, like the fact that 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 certain colors that we see actually don't exist. So you might learn something too. So subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked. Uh five bucks a month. You can support the show and uh, you know, feel good about, you know, supporting content creators that you get value out of. You know, it's it's a good move. It's a good move. Um, The other great way to support the show is at truthtrs.com. So TRS is a heavy metal detox spray. It's an odorless, tasteless spray. You just spray in your mouth five times a day or five sprays a day. Um, Just That's it. And uh, basically it goes into your body and absorbs all of the heavy metals that have accumulated in your body and it just flushes them out. You know, you don't even feel it while it's happening, but you will feel some transformative effects. Like for me, it was like... I started just feel more sharper and just focused. And uh, I could I, like my words were just like more readily available. You know what I mean? Like, and and then I come to learn that that it's uh, brain fog. So I didn't even know what brain fog was. But apparently, that's kind of what I an ailment that I had. And I don't know whether that was a result of just all the stuff that gets sprayed in the skies, or just whatever, you know. Um, maybe I wasn't eating as clean. I try to eat clean. I try to eat healthy, but you know, of course we're still going to be bombarded with toxins everywhere. You know what I mean? That's so, so TRS is great for just flushing all that stuff out. So they also have an Instagram page at truth TRS. You can see all kinds of testimonials, um, from people who've had successes, um, whether it's like skin conditions, um, eyesight, uh, children with vaccine damage. Like it, 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 does so much to help cure, our bodies that have just been poisoned with all these environmental toxins. So truthtrs.com to learn more. They've got an FAQ page. And uh, if you have any questions, just send a message to them on the Instagram page. So truthtrs.com to learn more about that. Um, if you want to stay up to date with the show, just head over to telegram t.me forward slash rebunked pod. That's where you're going to get all the, you know, instant drops. You know, I've, I've shared memes in there, articles. Um, you'll get the latest drops on when I'm going to go live. I'm going to be doing lots more live episodes. Um, And so the best way to stay up to date on all that is at t.me forward slash rebunked pod. In the description, you'll see all the other social media platforms that I'm on. But primarily, I would say Telegram is the place to be. And uh, last but not least, you guys, if you if you get also any value out of the show or you like the show, please give it a good five-star rating on iTunes and then uh, just share the show with your friends, family, anybody that you think might be open to these conversations or might get some value out of the conversations, just tell a friend, hey, there's this new show. Um, it's pretty cool. They have great guests and it's, uh, you know, it's kind of fun and funny. And they, yeah, yeah, so anyway, share the show with your friends. Um, great way to support the show. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, once again, I'm just overwhelmed with joy and gratitude for all of you being on this journey with me. It's a lot of fun, and I hope that you guys are having fun too. Got some big things in the works. Uh, we're going to have a t-shirt shop up here very, very soon. Um, and yeah, without further ado, here's Lindsay Sharman. Welcome. Uh, my guest today is Lindsay Sharman, uh, who's the author of many books, um, host of the fantastic show called Roadways, and a frequent guest on The Union of the Unwanted. And also, Lindsay, you're someone who I look up to very much in relation to all things of a spiritual nature. Um, see on your website. It says you have an interest in exploring all things related to conspiracy, culture, consciousness, spirituality, magic, questions, exploration, freedom, liberty, community. Like that's just all the boxes right there. That's so (laughs) awesome. And also you just released a new book called the key of transformational healing, which I'm super excited to hear about. So Lindsay, welcome to the show. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me, Scott. It's very, um, it's very much an honor to be here and I appreciate all those really nice things you said about me.
0: (laughs) of course. I mean, uh, I've actually been talking about this a little bit on the show recently about how just these last couple of years I've I've kind of made myself so busy that I just I just uh, have fell away from what once was, you know, a pretty good like regimented spiritual practice. You know, it was like I set set time every day to like do, you know, conscious like sit down, close your eye type meditation. You know what I mean? And of course, like when things get busy, that's like the first thing that fell away. The first thing. That fell away. So I'm I'm excited to get into some of this stuff. I do have like a bunch of questions to ask you, but. I was hoping at least uh, to begin with, uh, maybe just give us a brief background for maybe some of our listeners that uh, aren't familiar with your work.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. And I'll just say there's, I think it's Lao Tzu, but I could be wrong, who said, uh, if you don't have an hour to spend outside, then you should spend two Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's the same with spirituality, right? If you don't have 15 minutes to go ground and just center and breathe for a minute, then you should probably do 30. Uh, And I totally relate to that. We're like, get into some spiritual flow and like things start to happen. It feels really aligned and then life happens and you're like, like you said, it's the first thing to fall away. But actually it's like the first thing you should keep. And we all are getting better and better at that all the time. But um, yeah, and so now I forgot the question.
0: Oh, just uh, just some of your background, like uh, as far back as you want to go, like kind of what got you into questioning things and just kind of, uh, evolving into, you know, where you're at today.
1: Yeah. Well, I was raised in a very pro questioning family. Um, there I, I'm pretty sure my mom was like Democrat and my dad was like Republican, but I don't think they knew that there were other things to choose from necessarily. Right. So they, it was cool that they didn't even necessarily agree politically about anything and it didn't matter. And they both had their own separate ways of, of helping us learn to question everything. My mom was just really good at, um saying like I don't know I don't know the answer to that and and we should find out together and that was the first like wow adults don't know everything so I'm allowed to like think and (laughs) go where I want to and where I need to with this stuff and she would help us too, which is also very nice. And then my dad was in Vietnam, and he was, you know, drafted, forced to go instead of going to jail for joyriding, and then actually kept there against his will for a second term. He was a sniper. There was all kinds of secret weird programs going on with him. I don't know what they were. I just remember when he watched Jacob's Ladder, he said, that's a documentary, not a fictional uh, movie. And so he always told us, like, don't trust the government they're always lying. There's never a true word out of them. Politicians are liars. Uh, And your, you know, your teachers are accidentally probably liars too. A lot of people don't realize, you know, what's going on. And so they're going to accidentally be stooges of this system. And however he was saying those in whatever words, the message got through, you know, and that we don't have to trust authority and we don't have to believe them. And that in fact, we should question them, um, question the media, all these things. In fact, in school, my sister and I both stopped standing up for the flag salute because he told us, you don't have to do that. And it's a pretty weird ritual. And if you don't want to just say, I don't do that. And your teachers have to respect that. And I will come in and make them if they don't. So, um, so we got to do that. And that was a nice practice in our sovereignty and our ability to choose. Uh, So I was just raised with a lot of that, um, you know, freedom and thoughtfulness and questioning. And that's, that was a really good start for me. And I, we're also very poor and, Um, often, you know, homeless or didn't have food and just different things were struggles. And so I also developed a a really big heart of compassion for how hard life can be for many people out there that have nots especially. Um, and then this kind of working class, you know, work ethic too, where I just wanted to see what I could do to help others in my career. And so I became a teacher uh and i thought you know and i knew obviously i had been raised to not trust authorities especially teachers but i knew if i could become a teacher that i could kind of sneak the fire in and and show it to some people like hey what about this (laughs) um you know and and that that could help a lot of kids and i also saw the the damage that was done by bad teachers uh, to some of my friends who were really struggling through life like I was, and the positive results we got from the good teachers that were very rare, actually. And so I wanted to be one of the good teachers that could help and then also maybe do undo some of the damage of the system. So I became a teacher. I became a master teacher, actually, and a board-certified teacher, and I did that for 14 years, and then I quit about three or four years ago Um, because I couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) It's a really sick system, really, really gross and really sick. And so I just had to leave. And in leaving, I was like, I don't even care. Like I'll go work at a grocery store or just anywhere. I don't even care. Like, I just can't do this anymore. (laughs) So to go from, you know, master's degree and like certified teacher, board certified and all this stuff to like, I'll do anything else but this, like, this is just not what I'm doing anymore. It was a pretty big switch. I, uh, left my house. I sold it. I left the person who I was with at the time who I thought I was going to marry. I left my career of 14 years, all the degrees and certifications that went with it. And I got in a van and traveled around the country. And that's when I found um, my true passion, which is helping people spiritually. So I always had also been kind of doing that without necessarily knowing it or meaning to. And now I do it very intentionally uh, and professionally, I would say.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And I remember like the last time we had a discussion. Yes. Now it's all coming back to be, yes, you were a teacher. And then that kind of evolved into where you're at today, which, which has a teaching component to it. Right. Like, Absolutely. It's very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So It's amazing I've that you're able to, to incorporate that. Oh, go. sorry. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I've said to people, same thing. Like I'm, I'm actually sad that I don't teach anymore because I love it. I love teaching actually. And I loved twisting the narrative around, you know, they'd be like you have to teach this book and I'd be like cool, we're going to teach this book like this. Hey kids, who do you think why do you think they're making you read this book? Who wrote this book? Who got them to write the book and why is it included in our curriculum and you know like those types of things instead of the way they probably wanted me to. Uh, and I love that. I loved my students. I love the relationships we had. I love the difference that I was making. And I say this sometimes from time to time, and my audience will be like, well, you're still teaching. You're teaching us now. And I'm like, oh, I love that. That's so sweet, (laughs) because it's true. Uh, And you are too, you know, and this is part of what we need good teachers who can bring the right information in the right way to the right people who need to hear it at the right time. That's what a good teacher does.
0: Absolutely. You know, I'm just honored to be in this role. You know what I mean? And, and I'm sure you feel that way as well. Absolutely. That's so cool. Um, let's see. So, um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the book and then I've got a whole bunch of other stuff I want to talk to you about. But, uh, so, well, first of all, like in, on your website, you talk about channeled books. Yeah. you need to Tell us a little bit about that.
1: And this is, anybody who knows me uh probably hears me talking about, I, I hate the word channeling. I hate the New Age movement, really. I hate all of the BS that goes along with it. I hate all the fakery and the, there's even snobbery. And like, there's just, it's just kind of a sick culture, honestly, altogether. Um, There's some gems in there and they're gems because they're Borrowed from some of the greatest traditions and oldest traditions of all time, uh, and so you really don't need the new age to get to that. <laughs> but um but channeling, I had to eventually admit that that's what I was doing, which was hard for me to do because I was like, these people, so many of them, I'm sure, are just liars. And you know, part of what happened too is I became really good friends with this person, uh, this wonderful, beautiful soul, Catherine O'Shea, and and you may have seen her on my show, and she blew my mind because I just assume people who say they're psychics or healers or whatever are liars Uh, and and that the rare one amongst them is actually real. And um, so she was going to come on my show and I was like I mean I'm going to be nice but I don't really believe that she's going to be doing anything but making people feel good. And then she came on and she was like well let's start with you. She's an animal communication specialist. And I was like well I have some chickens. Yeah you you can talk to my chickens if you want. And she got in touch with my chickens and she Told me about how they love their blanket, and they do love their blanket, and I've never seen a chicken in the world that does. And so I instantly was like, "Oh my god, she's actually talking to my chickens!" <laughs> so it blew my mind, and I, um, it just made me remember like there are, re- and I've had encounters with amazingly powerful people who are shamans and psychics in my life, but it was just so rare. I just didn't expect it to be like, you know. And here she is, just a normal person, and she is very humble about it, and she's not trying to get anyone to even do this with her she just wants to share it with whoever wants to and I just remembered like yeah there are people who are very powerful and and whatnot and then she was starting to tell me like yeah when you're writing you're you're basically doing what I'm doing you're just you're channeling you're just doing it through writing and I started thinking back through my life and I was like I can't deny, actually, my first fictional novel I wrote was full of things that I later found out were real and true that I did not know before I wrote them in my book. Um, And I have some stories about that, but I still didn't call that channeling. I called it, like, really weird, inspired coincidence, maybe, or something, you know? I knew there was something to it, but I just still, like, it didn't seem like channeling to me. And then she told me this, and I thought about it, and then I realized, like, yeah, in fact, it like will come to me and it will hit me as this fully formed idea. It's it's not like I know every word of it, but I can feel it. I can kind of sense all of it. And if I sit down and write, it all comes out. And none of it was—I uh, I didn't think about any of it. I didn't craft any of it. I didn't sit there and wonder like which word. I just like type, 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 and then all of a sudden, there's all of this. And so, once I finally admitted okay, we can call that channeling. And once I finally started to see like how often I had actually already been doing it throughout my whole life, um, then I was uh, driving along one day and I think I was driving at least. And my phone went off with an alert and a calendar alert. And it said, Mm -hmm. consider writing the key of transformational healing. And I was like, well, that's a really specific calendar reminder. And I was like, did I think of this book at some point and like tell my did I put this reminder in here and I was like I would I forget a lot but I would remember this like this would have been again like a fully formed idea that came to me but why would I put it in a reminder in my calendar and why would I do it for so many months or years off that I forgot I even did it this so as far as I know I didn't put that into my reminder so it's something higher and better than me put that into my calendar to get my attention and make me really think deeply and sit down to do it. So I committed to it. I was like, okay, something wants me to write this book. So I sat down and I titled a document, The Key of Transformational Healing, and I kind of got in my meditative, spiritual, shamanic space. And I said, all right, what what do you got for me? And it was just, and I just typed it all out. And here is this book. And it's very short and sweet, but it's like dense. It's densely packed with profound truth. Um, And again, a lot of it was... It's not, it's hard to describe. None of it was how I would have presented information necessarily, or it's not how I would exactly think of it. And some of the phrasing and the words and the concepts in it are things that I definitely would never have said or thought. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's very interesting. So I, now I have to just admit that I channel things and it's still hard for me to say out loud, (laughs) but I do. No, that's amazing. It that's amazing. amazing. I mean, I, I've had
0: that experience as well. There's bit, like, I've, I've had like songs literally like pop in my head. Yeah. Like, um, I've written a couple songs, like start to finish, and like one of them was in the middle of the night, and I just like literally woke up and like the premise was there, and then I just I literally just started writing, and the whole thing came out. And uh, the band I was in, like right before I left, we ended up recording the song. It's just like that, just spewed out, and it's just like, and I know that experience, so I can totally relate to that. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of interesting when you describe it that way. Yeah, but also, yeah. I was going to say, like when you when. To me, like, like you seem maybe like the type that would like plant like an Easter egg for yourself, like in the future, like, like put a reminder like three years from now or something like that. You know yes. what I mean? Like,
1: that's the other thing is, I was, and then yeah. I was like, well, even if I did, it's kind of the same thing, right?
0: Maybe because <laughs> either
1: way, maybe. like that was supposed to happen right then because that was when I was ready for it, and that's also when I had finally, like again, accepted like I channel writing and I can channel writing, and in fact, I can channel more than that, and in fact, anybody can. And now I teach mm-hmm. other people how to also.
0: <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So would you characterize it as more of like, a, do you kind of find the intuition for it and then allow it to flow out? Or is it something that you can actually sit with some intention and then kind of manifest?
1: You can definitely sit with the intention and manifest it. Um, I, I do have the experience where it kind of comes and it sits and mm-hmm. it like cogitates and like, you know, brews and then, and then spills out, um, And I'll also say, like, I do think you have to be, I don't think you have to, actually. I won't say that. I think it's a lot easier when you have these proclivities already. So, for example, the song wouldn't come for me, right? It wouldn't come Mm -hmm. for me because I don't. To music and so I, would, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be a good person to birth gotcha. it um, but it would come to you because you have that ability right and so sometimes I can feel like the idea is coming and I don't have the word for it I don't have the concept for it or I just am not understanding it and I can also feel it like being frustrated with me where it's like ah okay and then it has to like try a different way around <laughs> and then it comes out it's really yeah. weird and the better I should say the more often I sit with it now the more I can Uh, See those types of things or understand those types of things. Uh, Just today, I was working with someone because I do spiritual guidance with people too. And, you know, she asked me, you know, this question, that question, this question. And I can go in and I can see, and sometimes I can get an answer, and sometimes I can get a pretty direct answer. And sometimes it's like really muddy, and I have to like kind of that same thing. Like I have to like ask them to go a different way because I'm just not getting it. And, And then sometimes, like at the very end of her session today, it was like so clear. It was like I could actually physically feel the ailment she was having. And I saw a list of things and the exact amounts that she should take of them and how many days she should do it and what time of day. I was like, wow. So sometimes it's like crystal clear. And then other times it's like a lot, a lot harder to get for some reason. It's really interesting. Um, But I do think the more you are familiar with it, the easier it comes through, right? The more that's the thing that you already do, the easier that thing is going to come to you. So me going and trying to channel, I don't know, again, music or something else just
0: wouldn't work as well. Interesting. You just kind of have to just be receptive to it as it comes. You know, absolutely. Right. One of the, have you ever heard of, uh, there's a book called The Allies of Humanity. Have you ever heard of that one? No. It's a guy who kind of describes it a similar way. So it's, um, I think it's like like the whole book is online. It's like alliesforhumanity.org. But it's basically talking about how it was like some alien entity like downloaded in his head, communicating to him uh, as an emissary from the allies of humanity. And it's like, and so he's writing it like as in first person representing this like extraterrestrial entity, like communicating and saying like, hey, we're here. We're watching you guys. We're friendly, but here's what's going on. And he breaks it all down. And like, it's so weird because it's, he, he he portrays it as like, this is this really happened. And I'm, at first I was like, oh, come on now. But the way he's describing it, I'm like, wow, well, this could really be a thing. Like this could really literally be a thing. I know like Alistair Crowley too. He, he wrote his books through channeling methods as well. Right. Right. So there's something there. There's something to it. There is Absolutely. definitely
1: something. And then, the, and then there's also the liars out there too, who are saying that they're sure. channeling and they're just trying to make money and be special. <laughs> so anyone I, can do it, but not everyone doing it is very honest.
0: Totally. Yeah. And <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear your take on the allies for humanity one. Like what, what are your thoughts on the whole alien thing? Like, what are your thoughts well, on
1: that? I will say that in this key of transformational healing, uh, they refer to themselves as I and we as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they seem to, they they at one point call themselves the spiritual ancestors of humanity. And I'm like, that's that's pretty different than the physical ancestors of humanity. So the spiritual, like I just, and I'm like, I don't know. I've never heard them called that. I don't know what that is, but it seems to me like it makes sense in a way that we, I think some of us especially really did come here for this time and place, to incarnate at this time and place for a reason. Uh, and I think that's kind of what they're hinting at, is that some of us are from that, whatever that is, that collective space, whether it's angelic or alien or otherwise or whatever you want to call it. And as far as aliens go, I um, I don't pretend to know for sure. I've had literally thousands of experiences with things that I think other people would call UFOs. And I don't think those things are physical ships from other planets. Um, In my experience, they're much more nebulous and what we would call spiritual than that. They seem to be, I always call them interdimensional beings because that kind of like covers all the bases. (laughs) Whether they are what we would call angels and demons or djinns or fairies or whatever, because they all have very similar characteristics, um, or whether we want to call them aliens, I was also fine with me. I just don't think they're physical. I don't think they physically got in a ship and physically flew across space and, and physically came here. I think that they are beyond that type of travel. If they are literally physically existing somewhere else in our vast universe, I think they can come here a lot more easily than that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so they seem to be able to shapeshift, and they seem to be able to speak psychically or um you know mind to mind and uh have all these these traits about them and again you can look at fairy culture fairy lore you can look at alien lore you can look at psychedelic trips people have you can look at all these different things spiritual religious traditions and what they see is say is happening and they all describe these things similarly but i don't again i don't pretend to to know whether or not there are physical beings that are like aliens Right. Or even ultra terrestrials that do have ships that are, are physical like that could also be happening. I just know that what I have tended to interact with is not that yeah. seemingly it seems to yeah. be that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree. You know, I can't really say for certain that I've had any personal experiences one way or the other, which is interesting because then you have on the one hand, people who describe having thousands of experiences. And then on the other hand, it's like I can't like really legitimately say that I have. I, I've, I've thought that I had. And this is great. This is actually a funny story. So there was a there was a um, festival up in Washington called um, uh, Squatch Fest. Squatch Fest up in Seattle. And I drove up to. It was like a big like uh, freedom cells. It was a big freedom cells gathering up there. and It was pretty fun. And uh, yeah, there was a bunch of people that were tripping and all this stuff. But I'm I'm I've chosen to live a life of complete abstinence. You know, many years ago, and so I'm clean and sober. So I'm at this big festival thing, just clean and sober. And then like you hear somebody going like, "Whoa, UFO, UFO." And I'm like, all right, let her walk. i oh, no, no. I'm just like, oh yeah, okay, whatever, dude. Like, you know. <laughs> and I walk up and look up, and I'm like, oh my god, it really is a UFO, dude. Like, oh my god. So I was super excited, and it was like this big. It looked like a big caterpillar, just like creeping and crawling across the sky. Like really, like like this. It was huge. It was this huge, this big old caterpillar, just like crawling. It was like had all these weird lights going. I'm like, oh my god, this is it, dude. This is Project Blue Beam or whatever, dude. They're yeah. here. <laughs> And like everyone was tripped out, like we all 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 had this shared experience. And then, of course, I looked it up the next day, and it was a it was a Starlink satellite. They, They so it's like when Starlink launches their satellite, they have a bunch of little satellites attached to it. And so it was going out, and so I'm like, ah, so. But at the same time, having that experience, I was I was like, that was pretty cool. It was pretty magical. We all had this like UFO experience. But what do you think that is? Why do you think there are some people that are? Is it just you know the work that you've put in to be more attuned? to that frequency. And, and it's just kind of going by everybody else. Or what do you think, what do you think is up with that?
1: Yeah. I, I had that question for a long time and I tried to talk to a lot of people about it. I was like, why is this happening to me? Um, <laughs> like what is happening and why is it happening to me? Uh And there's no really easy answer to that question. But um one of them, I think is because that, that I can handle it. So one of the no. things that happened early on was a really direct encounter. And I was with five for five other people, um, or four anyways, <laughs> we were in a car and it was a packed car. So however many people can fit in a packed car and, uh, and, um, they all saw it too. And that, it, it lasted for a long time and it was within feet of us and it was insane. <laughs> it was just the weirdest one I've had even to this day. Uh, and then, you know, we were on a ferry boat when it happened and it, you've been on a ferry boat probably up in the Seattle area. <sighs>
0: Well, I'm, I'm in, in uh, Oregon. There's not really many ferry boats. I'm trying to think no. if I ever have been. I don't know if I've ever been. I kind of know the idea of it, but I don't yeah. think I ever personally you drive, have. No. You
1: drive onto the boat, and we were on the outside edge, and so there's a window in the in the hole. There's a, just a hole. There's no glass or plastic there. It's just a hole. When, unless you go upstairs in the you know heated area, there's there's glass, but down in the car area, there's just open, open holes. There are windows, and so... We were parked next to one of those and so there was this bright light in the sky and I thought that's a really bright light and I already kind of knew because I had had already I was like I was like 17 or 18 at the time and I'd already had just hundreds of experiences and so I kind of already knew like it's probably one of them whatever these things are. And then it turned into, um, it, it disappeared, and then right at the exact same time, right next to me, two or three, four feet away, were three lights, and they were just perfectly stable. So the boat kind of moves it's on the water, and they were not moving. <laughs> so they were not floating. Um, and, my fr- and I said, what is that? And my friend said, it's the Coast Guard. And I was like, I don't think that's the Coast Guard, dude. Like, boats don't come up to ferry boats. Like, ferry boats have wide berth given to them because they're big and they stop slowly. And that's how it goes. So they they will slow down if they see a boat that might come anywhere near them within, like, hundreds of yards. So this thing shouldn't be anywhere near it anyway. Uh, And it's definitely not the Coast Guard and it's not floating. But uh, everyone's like, "Uh, oh, it's another boat. Or um, someone's, like, hanging away. Everyone's going through, like, what it could be. And none none of them make sense. These three lights are completely locked with each other, and they start moving, and they start making shapes—really simple shapes at first—and uh, all of them exactly in synchronous movement with one another. And then they start changing colors, the lights, from like red to green to whatever else. Uh, and then the shapes get more complex, and they speed up, and the colors change more quickly. And then they get more complex and speed up, and the change more quickly, until they were just like a blur of moving light, changing so fast. And then they stopped again. This lasted maybe, like, I don't know, two, three minutes. I'm not really sure it lasted, like, longer than, <laughs> than was comfortable because all of us were just stunned in silence at this point. We're like, wow. Like, you're just staring and just, none, I don't know, none of us knew what to do. And then it darted off. And when it darted off, the whole ferry boat slowed down because mm. it darted in front of the boat. So they saw it. The boat saw it. Whoever's captaining the boat saw it. Uh, so I'm not crazy right before this I actually was kind of like I don't know I'm probably crazy like I see these lights and they seem to talk to me in my head like I'm probably nuts but so far I'm not hurting myself or anyone so I guess we'll just see what happens and at this point I'm like they all saw this the boat saw it uh, other people on the boat saw it no one said anything there was no like announcement like hey guys what the hell's going on with the lights or whatever, like nothing but the boat stopped and turned on its floodlight to look for it because it was nighttime. Um and as soon as it left, you know, and I said the whole I said, you guys, the boat sees it too, or whatever. And I jumped out of the car and I was gonna go like run to see it, but I just felt like don't do that. And it was there was a weird, like subdued, suppressed mental and physical state as well. So clearly these things have some sort of effect on us if they want to, which I've heard from a lot of other people actually too. Uh, and from Bigfoot encounters. Mm. Uh-huh. Right. There's, there's often like an energy that people feel. And with Bigfoot encounters, it's more like a fear, like don't come here. Like they're creating a boundary that you're not supposed to pass. But anyways, I kind of felt that. And so I didn't actually run. I just got back in the car and finally I was like, what was that? And everyone was just like silent. Like no one would react to me or respond to me. And and then finally someone told me to just shut up and I shut up and, you know, we they dropped me off or whatever happened. And, you know, one of those people was my very close friend I hung out with regularly. And so I bring it up every once in a while. I'd be like, but come on, though. Like, what was that? And finally, one day she like stopped and turned and looked at me and she was like, I saw it. I remember it, and never talk about it again. Like she was oh, wow. angry. And we've never talked about it again. And so to answer your question, I think part of the reason why these things interact with me is that I'm, I can handle it and I don't pretend it didn't happen. And I just respond to them rationally and calmly. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure a lot of people literally can't do that. So sometimes people will say to me, like, I want to see UFOs. And I'm like, I don't know if you do, because I think if you genuinely did want to, and it wouldn't disrupt your psyche or your life that you probably would and i also have the experience that i'll see one uh and i'll point it out to someone i'll be like that's a not an that's not a plane (laughs) we'll say that right i don't know what you want to call that but that's not a plane and they'll watch it doing really strange things and they'll be like i don't know it's probably like a test or something and i'm like that's also why some people don't Mm -hmm. see them is because they just will explain it away no matter what it does to get their attention
0: yeah, totally. That's that's part of like the way I kind of look at this whole just Having a podcast being neck deep in this realm, you know, like obviously, like sometimes you got to check out and you just got to like watch a movie or something and just relax. But it's like for me, I don't even like, I literally just immerse myself in this. Like, I just I feel it's incumbent upon me to do it. I just am like, it's like, cause I, I can take it. Yep. So I have to just dig through all the documents and watch all the things that are just like, probably most people would be like, dude, you got to chill out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel obligated to, you know what I mean? And then bring it to the world, what might, what I discover. And so I, I don't know. I'm ready. Aliens, if you're listening, I'm ready. Come on, let's do this. Yes. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, that's another that yeah. thing. If you go out, outside at night for long enough you will see things you just have to really pay attention right yeah and then you can start to ask it because it can hear you and you can say Mm -hmm. are you Whatever you want to call it. I now call them wogies because this is a word I yeah. learned from uh some of my shamanic teachers in a shamanic tradition in a book that I found. And um, they were like, Oh yeah, the light beings. They'll talk to you mm-hmm. spiritually and so you know, psychically, and they can flash and interact and whatever, and they're they're wogies. And I'm like, cool, wogies works way better because no one knows what it is. And so there's less preconceived notions about like what it should be or what it's here to do. Um, which I like. So uh, but anyways, you can just say, like, are you that? Are you this thing that we call aliens? Are you a UFO? And see what it does. And then start telling it like, hey, flash this color Mm. if you're responding to me and see what it does.
0: Whoa! Okay, Is <laughs> no, it kind of like the uh, the CE five protocol. Are you familiar with that, Dr. Stephen Greer? Any I, of that stuff?
1: I know his name, and I've and people have said CE five to me many times. but I don't actually know what it means.
0: I think just from what I've looked into, like he he was actually one of my early red pills, you know. And then there's now, of course, some people say, oh, he's a shill, he's full of crap, and all this stuff, right? But but at the same time, you know, for the information that he's provided, like he had the original like. Uh, you know, this big, like, at the press, like, the U.S. Press Club, like, White House Press Club, I can't remember what it was, like, it compiled all these, like, Navy veterans and all these folks that had inside information about UFO disclosure, bringing them on to, like, share their expertise and, and blow the whistle, basically. This was, like, right, gosh, like, either right after or right before nine eleven I can't remember. But anyway... Yeah.
1: I know I know. I was hearing about him at that same time, too, and I just get angry because people do this thing where they're like, oh, I can call the UFOs, and, like, you should come to my event where I'll charge Gee. you all this money to call UFOs, and I'm like, dude, anybody mm-hmm. can go do that. <laughs> they're out there, and they're not they're not physical objects so they can come anytime to anyone if you want them to you can go try it anytime you want and you can call it you can do the sky goggle things or night vision goggle things if you want or you can just see them because they're just there Um, and they can look to you however they want i've seen them shape shift in daylight as well and look like different things so you could also do it in the daylight if you wanted to it just wouldn't be flashing lights in the sky um And just see what happens and I just it gets weird for me when people pretend like they're very special right I don't Mm -hmm. think everyone wants this experience I don't necessarily think everyone can handle it in in that they want they don't want their paradigm to be shattered so they don't want to handle it Um, and, but I think anyone can technically do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I agree, and I think that's kind of what he's trying to say—that he's trying to train people to do it. But also at the same time, he he is the type that'll like charge you ten thousand bucks to go sit in the desert with him. Right, which is is
1: whatever, cool. I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah, (laughs) he should do whatever he wants to do. But yeah, yeah, totally. I want everyone. That's like my whole gig. I want to empower everyone to do shamanic healing if that's what they want to do, spiritual work if that's what they want to do, get in deeper touch with yourself if that's what you want to do, connect with these beings if that's what you want to do, whatever you want to do. Like, I want people to do that. I don't want anyone to pretend like it's. Something special or unique, I think, just like we were talking about with like the music and the writing thing, like we all have our different ways and proclivities that things are going to be easier for us, that's what we're good at. But we could, I could learn music if I wanted to, right? And you could do whatever you wanted to if you wanted to. So it might be harder for some people to do certain things, but they're open to all of us,
0: yeah. Well, definitely, you're an inspiration in that sense, and like a, you're just a you're like a renaissance woman, you know, you've got it all, like you, you do so many things, and uh. <laughs> You know, I, I got books I want to write. I've already started several. and I just kind of switched to the next one. It's like okay, so I need to just focus and like just. Anyway, anyway, you're an inspiration. I really appreciate all. That. Thank you. Um, yeah. uh, so in your interactions with these beings, like, are, do you get a sense that they are good? Or have you come across any evil ones? Like to me, it seems like. You know, kind of what the, the, the common theme and kind of the whole theme of the Allies for Humanity thing, for example, they say like, look, you guys are trapped at this stage because you can't figure out your own differences. You're still killing each other. You're still, there's still like this pervasive evil. See, we've transcended all that. Like that is just like something that we don't even, doesn't even cross our minds anymore. So humans, until you get to this level where you're not just constantly murdering each other and taking advantage of each other, then you'll never ascend to where we're at. So these beings, do you feel like they've achieved that or is there a mixture of good and evil?
1: The, the ones I interact with are good. I'll, I'll call them good. They won't call themselves that. As many times as I have asked, are you good? They're, there's like no answer because, and I think that's when they know, like, I'm not going to understand the answer they have to give. But what you just said is exactly the actual answer, right? Yeah, we're not good. We're not evil because we transcended all that. Your idea of that is like actually very limiting. And so in a, instead, when I ask, do you care for my well-being? They're like, yes. Like, well, cool. That's good, right? Like, <laughs> all right, do. You, and I'll ask, do you want to use me for your own ends or your own advantage? Like, no. I'm like, do you want to empower me to to help myself, change myself, in my world? Yes, absolutely, yes. So I'm like, okay. So I'll call you good. I'll tell other people this is good. Are there bad or negative ones? Like, I think so. There were some that were really scary for me for a while, and I would yeah. ask them to stop, and they wouldn't. And I'm like, well, that's not cool in my book. (laughs) Um, But it's just like, uh, you know, people to me, there's good ones, bad ones, everything in between. Uh, So you have to use your discernment. And I just, uh, I'm at the point now where it's really easy for me to just not interact with any of the ones that are, you know, dark or negative or whatever. So they just don't try anymore, Mm. which is nice. I think at the beginning, there was like some question about what I was going to do or how I was going to do it. And so there was some you know, various types of beings that wanted to get my attention <laughs> and therefore yes, probably my energy.
0: <laughs> definitely. I think just the, the, the way of the world and the way the universe works is that sometimes doing the right thing, doing the good thing, doing the the, the proper thing that, that it, it requires a little bit extra effort. Like it takes a little bit extra just to kind of do the right, you know, it would be just like, for example, like it would be so much easier just to like lie or just like do something and then just cut corners here and there. And so, I think the, the righteous path is kind of just one that is kind of takes more discipline. It takes more effort. Yes. And then to arrive at an evil place or to take the evil path, it's easy. Like sometimes like you can, you can take it, take advantage of this or that or lie or deceive, you know, that you could just, instead of trying to control this group of people, you can just kill them all. You know what I mean? Like, like, so the evil path is, is a lot easier. And so it has that appeal, you know what I mean? And so I think that that we see so much of that in the world today where yes, there is just rampant evil, you know what I mean? And uh, I think those people have chosen the path of least resistance in that. And so that's why, you know, a lot of times, like, it gets frustrating for us is because we've chosen this different path where we're trying to do right. And we're trying to, but it's it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder.
1: It's a lot harder. It's interesting, too. It, like, seems less rewarding sometimes, but it's actually Mm -hmm. more rewarding. Like, I keep getting to these places where I'm like, wow, I'm happier and healthier than I've ever been again. <laughs> and then like another like chunk of time goes by. I'm like, wow, I'm happier and healthier than I've ever been. <laughs> and that feels so good. I'm like, why would I want anything but that? But I remember in my darkest days when there was some like question, like a... Of- way easier to do a bunch of drugs and like not care what happens to people or yourself way easier it's not actually it's actually really difficult it's actually painful it's full of suffering like you know but the there's something in it like just letting go and not trying right like you're saying and to bring it all the way back to my dad again such an inspiration for my life he would always say if you're doing the easy thing you're probably doing the wrong thing and it, like, always stuck in my head. I'm like, is it true? It seems to be pretty true. It seems exactly what you just said is why the world sucks so bad sometimes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then also, too, just, like, instant gratification. Like, that is such the root of so many things that's wrong with our society. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, I, I was talking about the the clean and sober life. You know, that is born out of, you know, having been down that road before. I just did an episode with Ricky Brandes where I kind of got into – my story quite a bit, so I won't go all there, but it's just like, it, yeah, I had some dark days myself and that was just born out of just not willing to do anything than the immediate gratification. I think that's what addiction, a lot of it is in, in a certain way, but also just like with our phones and just uh, just media and just fast food. It's just like we live in a culture and a society that's just uh, just immersed in instant gratification and has created this, this, this mess in so many different ways. And so, you know, again, like... One of my things, it's just like I could just take a bunch of acid right now and then I'll just be this super spiritual guy, right? But then otherwise I could cultivate like a spiritual practice over time and maybe achieve some of that stuff. It may take decades to get to what I could achieve with like a hit of acid right now. But which one ultimately is going to be the more rewarding path, you know? And the safer. Yeah. Right?
1: There's like you could get great benefit from acid and you can also – Get some great harm from it, depending on how it goes, right? (laughs) Um, And also, like, how you come to it. And I think part of that where you're talking about the instant gratification um, comes also with this lack of responsibility or this – you don't have to take responsibility for yourself. You could just, like, keep passing it on, right? And this is also one of the – coinciding ills of our culture right now is that like oh yeah you're not responsible for anything your feelings are hurt that's that other person's fault or like you're suffering with like depression or whatever like that's something else that's your brain chemistry that's not you um sorry for anyone out there who's still in the brain chemistry camp like I long ago left it when I found out that there's not a single shred of any kind of evidence that says that our brain chemistry is what causes those things there is evidence that Messing with our brain chemistry changes our perception of what's happening, (laughs) Um, but there's much more evidence that shows that going for a walk, hanging out with human beings, conversing with them, doing things that you enjoy, (laughs) eating healthy, drinking pure water, sleeping, those have more of an effect, actually, than these chemicals. So what does that say? I mean, that also changes your brain chemistry, Uh, So doesn't that prove then that it's something you can affect and change by your own choices? And I know everyone says, oh, yeah, like, da da, da you've never done it. Mm, I've been diagnosed with depression, with anxiety, with anxiety related depression, with depression related anxiety, with ADD, with ADHD. Um, and I could probably go on PTSD, CPTSD. So, yeah, I do know actually very intimately the struggles. And I found every single time, mm, yeah, it was my responsibility to change my life, actually. And that's what finally did it. <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, absolutely.
0: I feel yeah. like all of those. All of those things. I mean, there are situ- I mean, maybe I didn't, maybe this is not maybe there are situations where you know you need to take a pill for something, sure. right? Maybe there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try okay, it. but but at the same time, like you know, that's our bodies. Like when we get into these states of depression, I mean, of course, like I've been there too. When we get to these states, you know, this is a physiological thing that our body is telling us that something is not right. You know, our whole our whole medical system is just like, you know, just a pill, like a, like a knife or a pill, like that's it. Those are the really yeah. only two options, right? And, uh, when in fact it's our bodies telling us that something is wrong and you need to take a different approach to the way you're living your life. I mean, that's what it is. They treat but the people symptoms? don't want to hear that. No. Yeah. Cause they, yeah. cause
1: it's easier to treat the symptoms, which is what the Western medicine does than it is to treat the actual root. Why did this happen in the first place? What well, mm-hmm. was out of balance and how do you get back there? And it's hard work usually. And that's why no one wants to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, again, it's that personal responsibility piece. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm grateful for having gone down this path, or like the red pill, whatever you want to call it. Right. Because I think it leads to two different, uh, you, you arrive at two very, very distinct places. One, like you realize like in terms of like the spiritual realm, like this world is so much more fascinating than what we're led to believe. And I think that we're being compartmentalized intentionally to keep us detached from that, from that space. But then also you get to to a place where it's, you know, you realize that, wow, Like this, this government, this government is not going to do anything for me. Like I'm all on my own. I have to do everything myself. Like like taking back your personal responsibility is huge. You know what I mean? Like 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 the whole idea of personal liberty. Like that takes responsibility. Like I I have to actually now put effort into my life. And it's like oh shoot, okay. You know what I mean? Like I gotta I gotta take the wheel back. You know what I mean? And that's a hard that's a hard leap for a lot of people. You know. I think that's where maybe a lot of the pain comes from people that are just waking up and just realizing you know, once you see the deception, it's like, wow, now I have to, now I have to take personal responsibility and that's a heavy burden to take on.
1: Yeah. And look, and look how far away I am actually from Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, the goal or where I should be or where I could be that I would feel so much better. Like it's so many steps from here. And yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think that's where people balk and stop and start lying to themselves and start living in delusion. and, And, and like we said, it's easier, it's way easier Uh, It's not though. I loved what Jim Gale said. He's like, no, it's not easier. Actually, it's much harder. We just aren't. We're not living in alignment with that truth that it's actually way easier to be responsible for yourself uh, and to be healthy and healing and whole and headed that direction. It's way easier. It feels better. Your body loves it. Your mind loves it. Your heart loves it. Your soul loves it. And you find all these beautiful people like yourself along the way uh which makes it way easier even right than it was gonna yeah. be you're like oh yeah. i'm actually surrounded with really cool people this is way better oh,
0: okay. <laughs> oh man it's been such a miracle like that's just been this these last couple of years doing this doing podcasting you know what i mean like just this family that i've met like it's just been so i mean i mean it's just you know people i've met virtually but anyway yeah still i met some in person i met the legit bat crew in person and of course like adam from debra gets red pilled, he's just up the road he's a buddy. That's so. awesome. But, yeah, and uh, I'm actually – so so. I'm kind of about to embark on a new journey myself, kind of like what you were describing, where you quit quit your job and just hit the road. Like, I kind of – I'm on this new chapter with this new show. Uh, I'm actually leaving Oregon. I'm moving to Tennessee. And I've got – yes, and I've already got some folks that I've connected with out there. Um, yeah, man, I'm just super excited. And so – yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm about to embark on this new journey, too, and I don't really know what it's... Like, as opposed to what you were saying, like, you were kind of just going sight unseen and just kind of went around. I kind of have a destination in mind, but then on the way, we're going to Float Fest, too. So just a big shout-out yeah. to anybody else out there listening. Float Fest, August or April 29th and May 3rd. Gauss, Texas. It's going to be off the hook.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought it was March twenty. Oh, okay. That makes no. it even easier, because I still yeah. want to see if I can maybe get down there, too, because it sounds really cool. Um, isn't... Uh, uh, Christopher Gardner of Biocharisma, I think he's in Tennessee too. Have you talked with I'm him? I'm not before? sure.
0: No, I'm not sure. I'm okay, not sure. I'll
1: we'll, we'll connect to you guys so you can totally. Find out. Yeah,
0: yeah, the more so the awesome. better. The more the better. Uh, I know Chris from Abs in the Six Packs out there, Ryan Christian from The Last American Vagabond. Oh, he's like, uh, the main one that I'm gonna go, like, hang out, like, we're gonna we're gonna talk about making music together and stuff. I'm like, okay, okay, so this, yeah, it's, meant it's to all be, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah super excited. You know, it's kind of funny. So, with this new show, I've kind of uh, there's a couple of folks that, uh, I look, look to like you and Jason Burbis, you guys have this format where you guys start your live stream on like, uh, you know, YouTube and, and, and rock fan. And then you go for like what, 10, 15 minutes. and Then you cut the YouTube stream and go, and I love that. And I love that. And so I literally, I started my YouTube channel and I got episode one with Ryan Christian and then episode two with Sam Tripoli. And we were just talking about recovery. Like we weren't even talking about anything controversial and they took that episode down. Okay. Gave me a strike and then, then okay, so I so I've just uploaded previews for my other episodes, and then last weekend I did my first live stream, right? And I wanted to emulate your guys's model where I just did ten minutes, and I was a good boy on on YouTube, right, for ten minutes, and then and then they took that one down and gave me a strike, and I'm like, I was like, I literally didn't say a damn thing, dude. Like they they got they've already got my number. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating.
1: So frustrating. <laughs> and people do not understand it. I'll just say this: it's better that they do that kind of. BS than if you got up to, like, 100,000 people yeah. and then they were like, strike, 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 ha, ha it's all over for you. Yeah. Like, that would I'm hurt just, way worse.
0: I just don't even know. So like, I don't even think i Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even think it's worth it. I don't I even know. think it's worth it, so... It's,
1: I just am there and I'm just doing what I'm doing until whatever. I'm like, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't really care because I'm investing more in my Rockfin space. Yeah. And um, obviously, like, I try to do Rumble and BitChute and all these other places when I can remember to. And those things, I think, are just the future anyway. So screw you
0: YouTube. Yeah. Screw you, YouTube. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, Rockfin man, thank God for them so much. So, all right. So we're, we're well on our way to 2022, well into 2022 things are getting pretty crazy, but it's so weird because they've taken their foot off the gas with the whole COVID nonsense. Right. And obviously things are shifting, but do you have any, Well, like, what what are your hopes for 2022? Do you feel like we're headed in the right direction? Do you think that this is all deliberate and we're heading in a more, even more darker direction? I mean, we know the overall narrative, but what do you think in the immediate, maybe next six months to a year?
1: Well, um, (laughs) it's so rough for me because I know that we are headed in the right direction, Yeah. right? I know that our entire, whatever you want to call this, like truth or, Mm -hmm. you know, responsibility or freedom community We're headed in the right direction and that's all we need to do is keep doing that. Uh, And I don't pretend that we're going to like rip that system down. It's going to crumble itself eventually, but we're going to keep creating all of the things that we're creating that are going to assist in the transition to a better world than this. Having said that, I think that they've got some pretty horrifying plans that are coming to heads uh, and that things are looking pretty bleak and grim. Um, and especially with the, the food supply, um, issues and, and just things in the United States, especially we're used to just having things, real cheap things that we can just get anytime. It's not a big deal. If something breaks or whatever, we'll just go get another thing. And that is probably going to stop as well. Uh, and fuel is clearly, you know, it's going to be prohibitive perhaps to, to, um, go anywhere in any fashion. Um, but and and I don't know, I just keep feeling like they just want us to eat bugs, right, like they've been talking mm-hmm. about. They're just going to try to keep rolling out just degradations like that. And and we'll see, you know, their whole agenda 2030 thing. Sometimes I think, I don't know, maybe we've thrown some good wrenches in it. Maybe there really are some white hats and maybe there really is some things that aren't going as they planned. And maybe that'll be our saving grace or it's not as horrible as I think their vision is um, in, in our view of it. Um, and that's possible But I have... Uh, This is a a very interesting story, and maybe (laughs) I don't think I've told it, at least for you yet, but I went to a spiritual fair um, like three or four years ago. And I didn't, I wouldn't have ever gone as we have talked about. These are things like, I'm just like, yeah, new age and whatever. And you're all a bunch Mm. of hucksters. Uh, But I was just in a position and I looked for the first time ever on Facebook events and saw something that was happening literally a mile and a half from where I was. And I had like four hours to kill and, and nothing to do. So I was like, I'll walk down there and I'll just see what it is and we'll see what happens. And I go in and it's like 20 bucks and I'm like 20 bucks. Like, oh, well, whatever. I'm just, I need to kill four hours and this is like the best place to do it. And so I get in there and instantly find this booth of this guy, and and I see this book behind him, and it reminds me of this, I had this dream last night of this book. It's this exact book, Color, Cover, Everything. And I'm like, weird. I I saw that book in a dream last night, and he was like, oh, okay, here, is this for you? And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess I, how much? Because I was kind of like, I guess I do have to buy it. Like, <laughs> I dreamt of it for some reason. Wow. I It's very strange. So, and he's like, oh, no, I, I was told to bring it for someone, and it and it's you. You can have it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, well, it's yours. Just get over it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm getting over it. And we talked for a minute, and that was actually the first time he taught me about what orgone is. I think that was the first time I knew mm-hmm. orgone. Now I make orgone, but um, at the time, I was like, oh, cool, okay, orgone. And I got a little orgone pendant from him, and he's like, come to my talk later. A bunch of other crazy stuff happened in the meantime, uh, but I went to his talk. They give like a little talk in a little room and you sit down in your chair and they're telling you about something. And I don't even know what his talk was about. He was talking about reflexology and just some other things. And, and he was just a cool, I liked him cause he was like, I, there was no, like he was the most humble. I think he swore, which always for me is like, yeah, you're a real person. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, you know, and then he was talking and this light came through the wall and again, I've had thousands of encounters with these things. And so I've seen them in the daylight. I've seen them in rooms. I've seen them in rooms when no one pays attention and I can see them. And I'm not going to say like, hey, everybody, look at this light in case no one can see it. And I look like a crazy person. So I'm like, can anyone see this light? Like we're in like a spiritual place. Maybe they can all see it. No one reacts to it. I'm not going to like interrupt his talk and be like, there's a light that came through the wall. So I just like sit and wait and the light goes and it plops into his head. And he shakes and he starts talking in a different manner than he had been talking. It's still obviously his voice. It's his body. But like, it's just different. It's just qualitatively you could tell it's different. And he starts talking and he says, the world will change. It's going to go through drastic changes. It's going to start in 2022. And things will get very dark and very difficult. And he says, but don't worry. It will be okay. I will be here with you. And I will return fully by 2033 and I, as weird as this whole experience was and as much as i was like trying to remember every word because i'm like very aware that something really intense is happening i was also like 11 years like that's a long time of darkness in the world like i'm supposed to go through 11 years of this um so that still seems like a really long time to me but he did say you know, the good, the goodness and the light doesn't ever leave the world, actually, uh, as much as these struggles happen. And he said, there's, you know, a new energy coming and a new consciousness coming. And there'll be people who aren't aware of this darkness and, and are headed the other direction, basically. And so as dark and hard as it will be, it will be okay. And um, the light plopped out of his head eventually, and he shook. And he said, that wasn't me speaking, that was Sai Baba. Um and the light just went away again. And I was like, I don't know if anyone in this room understands that that was literally whoever he's calling Sai Baba and not him. I think they think that he was like repeating a speech that Sai Baba wrote and that mm-hmm, he had memorized. Mm-hmm. It or something. That's my impression of what other people thought was going on. Um, and apparently Sai Baba is this really actually important guru or something in India and James Dean knew him and I don't know a whole lot more about him, but but that always sat with me obviously for really obvious reasons and now here we are at 2022 and i'm like here we go so to answer your question like i think it's going to get pretty dark and pretty bad and i think this is just the beginning so if p- people listening to this might be like dude we just went through like two years of utter crap and i'm like yeah but we were all okay weren't we
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah in fact like we we've we've thrived and then there's so much there's so much that we can uh, like you said like and i believe firmly believe this too like we were we've been chosen for this time, this period in, in in the universe and like, you know, our whole lives have prepared us for this. I see so many things in my life personally, like in my journey that had I not experienced, you know, for better or for worse, I wouldn't be prepared for what's happening right now. I wouldn't be the person I am today ready to deal with this. And so I feel like there's a lot of hope and, uh, you know, we will be thriving through this, through the darkness, you know? And I think again, it's, it's not about, it's not about complying and rolling over. It's not about fighting this thing head on, it's about like taking our own power back. It's all about taking our own power back and, and building community and and figuring out our own supply lines and figuring out where we're gonna get, you know, like growing our own food, like stuff like having chickens, you know, all this stuff, you know, and, and so, you know, part of my move is is involves all that. And, you know, but anyway, yeah, you know, I, I have hope that as long as we are staying true to ourselves and then just uh, you know, focus on how we can build our immediate circle Again, with the idea being that like it should be just irrelevant what they do. Fine, they can build the smart cities. They can they can have all the vaccine mandates. Like my goal is to make it so that I am never affected by another vaccine mandate again. Yes. Whatever they they dictate and says, oh you're gonna what? You, so I want I want to make it so that there's nothing that they can take away from me yes. because I've, I've extricated myself to the point where I, they can't take anything from me. And yeah. I'm, and I'm surrounded by a community of people who are also in that same position. You know.
1: And if enough people did just that. They would just crumble and fall. They need yeah. us to build their cities and to come participate in their stupid programs and to put our chips in our arms or whatever they is they want us to do. Otherwise, they'd just be a few psychopaths, like, cackling in a room somewhere doing nothing, right? Like, it wouldn't have any effect. So, it's, and we've said this for a long time, right? If no one joined the military, there would be no moors. If nobody went along with the system, it would collapse. So all you have to do is just more and more be separate from it and do your own thing.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. absolutely. Like I heard somebody say uh, recently, it's like, instead of do not comply, do not rely, completely remove yourself from the on the system, which is impossible, like really impossible. Like, you know, you could be off grid as much as possible, but still, you're gonna have to go into the city to get some things now and then it's gonna be like, it's almost impossible to be 100% detached from the system. But every little act that we do, you know, every single, you know, exchange we do between individuals and cut the government out, like every single counter economic action, you know, every single time we do something like that, that's huge, you know, <clears throat> exactly so, yep yeah. that's it
1: and then when times get rough you're also you have an easier time then right yeah. like if you have mm-hmm. chickens or you have a garden or you have whatever it's like food might be sparse in the groceries and you still might be way hungrier than you're used to but you have something and it's enough
0: yeah definitely awesome so i did have one of the well us say i had a couple other questions uh one of them back back to the book the key of transformational healing is that what it is did i get it right the yeah. key of transformational healing okay so when I first saw that, when I first saw the title, I was like, "I wonder what's the difference between the key? Because to, to me, it seems like like if you're writing a book, I, like I, okay, I don't know how to phrase this. Yeah, what's the difference between the key of transformational healing versus the key to transformational healing? Like so, it seems like if you're trying to write an instructional book, here's the key to transformational healing. But what is the of the of transformational? Healing?
1: Yeah, I love that question, because they actually address it in the book, too. I say they, because I just don't feel like I wrote this book. But um, they uh, say... You know, this they at one point they say this isn't the key to transformational healing. This is the key of transformational mm. healing. And the difference is it, the, it's not an instruction manual for how to heal. It is what happens as you're healing. And it is what gives you the key that unlocks whatever people want to call like spiritual truth or spiritual alignment or this ability to channel or whatever it is. Transformational healing is what does that. It gives you the key. And there is no locked gate. And any of your levels, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional, nothing could stop you from achieving whatever it is you know humans can achieve once you have that. So it is the transformational healing itself that gives you the key.
0: That's amazing. And it seems like that's so much more uh, powerful than just having, you know, like just someone lecturing, okay, this is the key to do this and that. It's like like a process. It's like a, a discovery you know, and so it that honors that
1: people are at five billion different places yeah. in it. Or not none of us are in the same place. So it's it's a really beautiful book for that reason too, because it speaks to everybody individually. So thank you for asking such a good question.
0: Like yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I'm really excited. I mean I'm curious now. I'm gonna have to probably get it. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um and then the other thing too, you alluded to it, I was had it written down to ask you about Orgone. So I I know a little bit about this. It's like a EMF type deal, sort of.
1: That's the popular conception, and okay, it's not Okay, so then conception. educate me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I know there's a lot of contention, and there's probably people who are going to listen to this and be like, she's dumb. And there's other people who are going to be like, finally, someone understands. So I understand if people are in different places in it, and it really doesn't matter. But what I say is I don't have any proof that it protects from EMF in any way. In fact, I'm good friends, and I, maybe you are too, with Matt Landman. Oh,
0: yeah. Matt's a buddy. And Matt's yeah. tested
1: various types of orgone, and he's like, nothing. He's like, maybe the field mm. changes slightly, but it's not like it like blocks anything thing. Um, so my understanding before I ever even knew that it was connected to EMF, what actually happened was I had, I'd heard about it from time to time. And just like everything, I'm like, yeah, there's another BS thing. <laughs> and uh, my friend came over one day. I was meeting her for the first time. Actually, we met online via one of these many groups that we're all involved with. And we found out we were in the same town. And so she was like, oh, I'll come show you like the local swimming holes and the good hikes and stuff. And I was like, cool. So she came to pick me up. And I got in her car and she had this thing on top of her car that looked like a PVC pipe aimed at an angle towards the front of her car. And I was like, what is this? She's like, oh, that's my Oregon cannon. And I was like, oh, like, what is that? She's (laughs) like, yeah, it dissolves the chemtrails as we drive. And I was like, oh, she's crazy. Uh, (laughs) So we started driving and all of the chemtrails disappeared. And everywhere we pointed the car and we're driving that direction, the sky would clear. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like, this is insane. She's like, yeah, anyone can make it. Like, she was telling me about how she does it and whatever. And then I think I remembered, or maybe right after that, I heard the THC episode with somebody who was talking about orgone and orgone technology with Wilhelm Reich. And Wilhelm Reich was the one who term coined the term orgone, and he based that off of orgasm, the orgasmic energy, which if you look into any tradition is actually... One of the key energies that humans have available to them is that energy, and it's called prana, and it's called chi, and it's called life force, and it's called spirit. It has all these names, and they're all the same thing, and orgone is just that. So you are an orgone accumulator. I'm an orgone accumulator. We are full of life force, right? We're Mm -hmm. drawing it towards us. We're expending it. And this device is meant to be like an additional boost to you. Mm -hmm. So in uh, Wilhelm Reich's studies, he found that orgone accumulates even more, aside from what you can do sexually and aside from some other breathing practices and yoga and whatever meditation practices, it accumulates when there's layers of... of biological and non-biological organic and inorganic material so you could literally go outside and like throw down a log throw a sheet of metal over it put some grass on top of that and then put like a slab of rock or something on top and that would be an organ accumulator and he actually did things like that he's like here's a layer of wool and then there's a layer of whatever and and he found that to have great success with it. And so what it is, is it's not doing anything in itself except gathering it. And then you get to decide how to use that. So that friend of mine, she was using it to direct up at the clouds to get rid of chemtrails. If you had enough faith in yourself and your argon that you had created or obtained, perhaps you could do the same thing too. I've seen many people do it since then. You can also use it for anything. So the organ I create is really meant to be a personal transformative device. So you can have it and you can protect yourself with it. And you can, um, you know, open your spiritual channels more. You can get in deeper connection. And I um, embed it with a lot of my own uh, spiritual presence and energy. So I call that a blessing. And then the stuff I put in it isn't just sticks and whatever, I use crystals that all have certain energetic properties as well. And then I use plant materials that all have their own healing vibrations or energies or information in their field. And so I make these really specific concoctions of like, this one might be really good for someone who's looking to um, let go of grief and, you know, get more confidence, right. Or something like that. Um, So that's what my orgone is used for. I know there's other people who use it to shift the field, especially around 5g towers Mm. and it just like the chemtrail busting i don't think it's that it has this measurable emf blocking effect that you can i think it's this intention of life force energy prana and chi that we all have access to and that you're putting it there with that intention and it's holding that in a powerful collection of energy for you so that's my understanding of why that works for people, even though it doesn't register as an EMF protection. And I don't sell any of mine or create any of mine with the intention to protect hmm. from 5G or EMF. But I'm not saying people couldn't use it that way if they understood everything that I just said.
0: Interesting. That's amazing. <laughs> OK, so I just learned something new. Amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. So shoot. Well, Lindsay, so tell us a little bit about Rogue Ways, about your show.
1: Um, It's probably pretty similar to yours. We're into all the same sorts of things in that list you read at the beginning, like consciousness, community, liberty, magic, like exploration. I just like to talk to cool people who think about anything, actually. (laughs) I like science. I like materialism. I like spirituality and non-materialism, and I like everything in between. And so I just like to have cool people on and chat with them. And then I also do Middle Path now, which is uh, Thursdays I live stream it to supporters on Rockfin, and I put it out in audio for support on rogue.locals.com or subscribestar.com slash rogue dash ways. And so people can grab it if they're a supporter in any of those ways. And it's meant to be much more spiritually focused specifically. And so we go into different spiritual concepts from various traditions, from various angles, uh, and try to tie things together and just make them applicable so that we can actually use them and that they matter. Like, otherwise, what's the point of learning about all of it, right? Like, we want to actually transform our lives and heal ourselves so that's what middle path is for um and those are the shows that i do
0: awesome well i hope everybody takes a moment and checks it out because Lindsay you do great work i just love everything that you're all about and your show is fantastic you have great guests and it's just super super good stuff so any other final thoughts or anything any words of wisdom for the listeners
1: i just want to reiterate that even and especially when things get harder or tougher that you have way more at your disposal than you probably think you do and that the people around you are probably way kinder and way more ready to uh, connect with you and help than you probably think they are and that that's scary for all of us that's actually really scary for all of we've been trained into disconnection and we've been trained into thinking that everyone is out to get us and they're all bad people and like the whole world is <laughs> you know and it's just not i think what's actually going on And so um, I'd say just to trust yourself more and to have more faith in yourself and confidence in yourself to be able to accomplish things. People, humans have done and gone through way worse times than we've encountered so far. And and in the not too distant past too, right? Like the depression, like that was really, really hard and people did it. And so we can do it too. And so I'm not saying it's exciting or good. And I don't, I just don't think we should fear it. I think we should just say, yep. We'll get through it just like we've gotten through everything and we'll come out the other side brighter and happier and stronger and healthier than we ever were. Actually, we might even get rid of some of the vices that our modern culture has trapped us and convinced us into picking up. So I think um, we can look at it actually very positively and at the same time while seeing reality and just how dark it is. I think both are possible at the same time.
0: Absolutely. Perfect. Beautiful. Well, shoot, Lindsay, tell the folks where they can uh, follow you, support you. Uh, You kind of talked about how they can support you, but, uh, yeah, uh, anything you want to shout out and anything you want to promote, anything Um, upcoming or anything like that?
1: I would love to have people on my TikTok and my Twitter. I have very few followers, actually. I think a lot of people I connect with just don't do those things. So if anyone out there is on those things, then come find me at Rogue Ways on either of those platforms. And I do if um, – if I don't know when this is going to come out, so I don't know if it will be in time.
0: Uh, I'm, I can get it out tomorrow, so okay. which would be Saturday. I'm going to oh, get it out by Saturday at the latest. I might be able to get it out like late, late tonight. I'm going to do some editing and export it. But, yes, it should be out uh, tomorrow at the latest. Oh,
1: perfect. Well, so tomorrow – or, sorry, Sunday uh, – the 27th of March, I have an event called One Day of Brightness. Um, and it is spiritual, it is academic, it is uh mental, it is emotional, it's physical. We do some physical movement. It's meant to be a day where it really enriches you, uplifts you, and re-energizes you and reconnects you and all of that stuff. So it's a beautiful day. Uh, we have three master teachers and practitioners there. We have a bodily a somatics expert, noriana Diesel, who's gonna help us do movements that can release I mean, really like trauma, like things that you would take years of therapy to do it's actually really amazing we have Catherine O'Shea who I mentioned earlier who's does some really beautiful uh, deep meditation and connecting us with some source messaging and we have Phoenix Aurelius who's my favorite alchemist and wizard and scientist uh, and he is going to be talking about the elements and how we can use the elements to alchemically transform our personal lives and it's always amazing to have all of these people here. So it is very affordable given all those people you get to access and connect with. And there's always free gifts too. There's Orgo and there's books, there's free sessions with all of these teachers and practitioners. So um, come sign up. I'm sure there'll still be a few tickets left by the time you're listening to this. And so if that sounds good to you, go to rogueways.org and uh, find the One Day of Brightness and get your spot.
0: Awesome. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much. Fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. Like, it's, uh, I, like I got to say, too, like, we're in this uh, Union of the Unwanted Telegram channel. Like, that's one of the benefits of being on that show. Yes. And I always look to your takes. Like, your takes are always just, like, so spot on. And, like, you have, have such a perfect, just a very unique perspective. And uh, I really appreciate it. I always I always look forward to seeing your takes on whatever the craziness is. You know what Uh-oh. I mean? So, thank you I you so appreciate much. it. I appreciate
1: it. You're one of my favorite people there. So,
0: I'm glad. Oh. Well, thank you. All right. Well, Lindsay, take care and I will talk to you soon. Okay.
1: All right. Thank you so
0: much.